0: we were home uh, in ohio over the holidays and my parents threw this party for for, for frankly just a bunch of my old Old friends and and old my drama directors my choir teacher you know we got everybody together sort of from from the past and a lot of my old friends now from high school have teenagers you know and by the end of the party they were all just sort of gathered around and telling me about TikTok and all this stuff and telling me about Victorious and that their friends can't believe that they their mom knows psychoists or whatever <laughs> and so you know of course I was like well well we got to do a TikTok then we got to oh, prove it great. so and these kids just lit up it's it's very funny and especially now. because because it's on netflix right so now a whole new group of young kids are starting it for the first time i think it was the number six streamed show that's last year or something which is incredible because it's 10 years old now that's incredible you know it would probably be you know Brzezinski from lost yep sure and and this guy from from uh, victorious are probably the two things that that will haunt me until, <laughs> until, until, until I die. You know?
1: Until the next one.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's very sweet.
1: Eric Lang is a Critics' Choice nominee, 20-plus year actor in L.A., and he received his Bachelor of Fine Arts from Miami. He's appeared in dozens, maybe even hundreds, of TV shows, feature films, Broadway, and brand ads. Most notably, of course, as Villain Stuart Rudzinski in Lost, and Erwin Sykiewicz in Victorious, as my kids remind me of that character often. Our conversation bounces from learning how to learn and how he would spend his time at Miami differently if he got to do it all over again, to understanding and capitalizing on knowing who you are and the confidence that comes with. He remembers his time in Oxford fondly and the program peers and professors that helped guide his way. If you get a chance, go online and check out his 2015 College of Creative Arts commencement address.
0: I always loved movies, you know, and um, I was I I was an artsy kid. I started playing the piano when I was 10 and I I would draw, you know, uh, very young. Um, I was a break dancer, you know, right just before middle school. And then in middle school, I was in um, uh, choirs that became show choirs. And uh, so I did like show choir, you know, in competitions and stuff throughout um, middle school. And high school, and then well, it was actually the beginning of uh, our middle school was six, seven, eight, and then the freshman kids had their own school because our district was really big. Uh, this was in Fairfield. Yeah. And so in the freshman school, there was no show choir, and I was like, well, I just, you know, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And my my good buddy said, you know, I'm going to this drama club meeting. And, um, and I was like, okay, you know, and I, I, walked in and, and, you know, there were all these rather eccentric people who were just, um, supremely confident at the same time. And, and I always felt like a little bit of an outsider there and, and, at school. And so I was like, how are these people doing this? You know? And, and, um, so I just, I got involved with them as a group, you know, and then auditioned for a play and. Did my first, you know, understudy in a musical or whatever it was. And and, and that, that first night when the curtain came down, you hear all the applause and the curtain goes up and you see everybody on that stage together who just told this story to all these people. I was just hooked, you know. So it really started my freshman year in high school. And then I still did the show choirs throughout, but I was also doing the drama club you know, very heavily all the way through my senior year. And then I guess somewhere at the end there, I was like, I think I might keep doing this. And my parents, you know, sort of asked, or my drama directors, um, you know, he's thinking about doing this for a living and they say, I don't often tell anybody to go continue this, but we don't think it'd be a bad idea for him. And it kind of gave my parents this blessing to say, all right, we support this. You know, mm-hmm. my, my, my dad used to always say, you know, I, I don't, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do for a living, um, or still what I want to do with my life, you know, but I, I've learned how to make a living and he's like if you if you love what you can do and you can make money at it then you should go do that so so anyway that led to to um auditioning for you know a bunch of different schools and and there was always something appealing about miami it's such a beautiful campus and it was still fairly close to home you know because I, I basically grown up in the same house for 20 years in fairfield there and um you know i looked at otterbein and a couple other places uh, not, not too far and but um, just felt like Miami was going to be like the college experience that I, you know, you you saw in movies more. You know, it just it looks it's just idyllic, you know. Yeah. So so that's where I ended up, and um, and it was a great uh, great decision.
1: Before we even dig into Miami and and life now, go back to one of the comments you said about you walked in as a freshman in high school into this drama club or and, and everyone was supremely confident, but you had always felt you were an outsider. That, supremely confident as <clears throat> that was the personality type of someone in drama or this particular group. I'm curious kind of if that's what then changed the personality for you, made you more confident. Just dissect that a little bit more for me.
0: I just, I, I guess what I mean is I was not... Um, you know, I was never very athletic. I, I, I would, I don't know, you know, you look back on this and you're like, was I, did I, do I remember this correctly or right. not? But you know, you never feel like you're popular. I mean, I, I don't know maybe some people do, but you know, I just, I, I, was sort of, um, uh, a sensitive artsy kid and, and, you know, I, I, had friends, but, um, but the, the cell choir was kind of like, you know, a great outlet for me. And and I, I felt really good having that sort of as, um, sort of as a, a club of friends and just the performing aspect of it. I was like, I think I'm good at this. And that made me feel good. And so when that was taken away and I met these Drama folks, you know, I, you know, they were there. They look, in every school, the drama club is an eccentric group of people. I don't care. I don't think I'm insulting anyone by saying that they're they're artists. You know, yeah. Um, their fashion reflects that. Their personalities, their sense of humor. You know, is all reflected in the fact that they find you know um, joy in and making art in that way. And so, by by supremely confident, I you know there's no uh, not to say arrogant or anything. What I felt from them, what I sensed from them, was that they were they were okay exactly with who they are, because they were participating in something that validated that you know, there was something about, and it is, it's like a drug, you know, once you get on stage and you, you're an actor and you're telling stories in front of an audience and you hear people laugh or cry or whatever, it's the greatest drug. Um, and it really, it did that exact thing for me. You know, I, 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 um, I just, I, I just, a sense of, um, know self-esteem just mm-hmm. formed from it and a sense of like i don't care if i'm a jock or if i'm popular this is so cool the stuff i'm doing here and you know the i guess the the outside framework of that is i you know, on my freshman year I, I i didn't go to any parties i didn't really feel comfortable around a lot of people i was you know but by the end of my senior year you know, I was the only non-jock in the history of Fairfield High School to be on the homecoming court, I was on the prom court, I ran the pep rallies for 2,000 kids, you know, I was friends with all the jocks, they started doing the musicals with us, you know, it was like, um, it was like, you know, it was sort of, you know, what's the thing, a a chrysalis, you know, it was like, by by the time I got to the end of that, you could see so clearly the effect that drama had had on my personality my confidence level my you know my social skills all of that just it made me feel much much better about myself and 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 that's infective you know and so you you gain more friends and you you know you get put in positions of leadership and you know um and not that these courts or anything but they're you know they're popularity contests basically and and it's to say from someone who didn't feel very popular my my freshman year with nothing other than just doing the stuff I loved proudly, um, people people are drawn to that, you know.
1: If, if I remember correctly, since we certainly didn't have email back when we were in school, that was more of put a quarter in the jar at Skippers or Bagel on Deli uh, type of the, <laughs> the voting process, and popularity was definitely important there. But the reason I asked uh, that question, too, people have asked me about what class I wish I took in school and i've always said improv that oh. how that could help everybody not not just if you're if you care about theater or drama but just everything we do in life is interacting and reacting to how people communicate and the confidence you get if you're able to do that so that that was also part of my curiosity of what you meant by there but it
0: totally makes sense yeah and we did that, too, in high school. We, we would do uh, improv Olympic or, uh, sorry, comedy sports competitions. So we'd do little comedy sports shows in the theater, and then we'd also, you know, go to locations and compete, you know, as teams. And, and that is, it's another confidence builder. You're standing in front of people now making stuff up. You know, it just, it, it really emboldens your brain and your heart at the same time, weirdly, really, the, the whole act of performing to me.
1: And during those four years in Miami, besides the, the freshman year of no parties and then the senior year, seems like, of all the parties, what, what else do you remember about school, either friends or professors or a spot uptown that just is near and dear to you that um, really helped you grow or um, part of your life?
0: Yeah, well, I should say that the, 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 the lesser friends to, to homecoming court, Now that was all in high school just to clarify got that it, got it yep yeah that was all high school life so getting to Miami as a freshman um I feel uh lucky to to have made the choice that I did and to have the experience there I did one because I just got to um work so much I mean I was doing you know the main stage plays and then also doing graduate plays and also doing second stage plays you know I feel like I would literally one run from one rehearsal to another and and, you know, the regret is I guess I didn't get to see as much of the campus as I wanted to because we were always in that building, you know, that theater building, um, just working. And, and uh, you know, and then we had our studio classes over there in Pressure Hall, which I guess is gone now, hmm. right? Or they gutted it, I, I guess. I think that's right. Um but I um, was really lucky and the studio teacher I had there. Uh, her name was Jan Dean. Um, and Jan was just kind of a phenomenon. I mean, she pushed everybody so hard. Um, and and I, I, she was always just like, I don't buy it. You know, that's not honest. I, I, you're bullshitting me. And, and she really pushed for such authentic work. Um, and I remember, I guess it was my junior year, she was going to leave and go somewhere else. And, you know, we had our end of the year meetings with our professors and she said, I just want you to know I'm staying because I want to finish you out. I want to, I want to see you graduate and, and, you know, years later, God, four years ago, I, I got to do a play on Broadway and, and, um, there comes a letter from Jan Dean backstage to me saying, you know, I I see what you're doing and and I'm hoping to make it to the show. And, you know, so it's relationships that are, that are lifelong with these people. You know, you're in a room for eight hours together every day, pretending to be a tree and all these different weird things (laughs) we do. There are, there are such bonds that form, you know? So I felt really lucky to have had that experience, um, with Jan and with the studio community and then all the work I got to do, there and then, in terms of you know Miami life, just being uptown. I you know I remember the oh the pizza place. God, what was the pizza joint? Bruno's that caught, that yeah, Bruno's that caught on fire mm. and um, and the oh uh, those turkey subs from. Jesus! What was the name of that? Um,
1: See, I've been doing pods every week, so I know them all. The gobbler,
0: SDS Turkey Gobbler, like my favorite. You know, of all, it was just a you know, sort of a magnificent place to be. Just walking around, you know, it's just such a beautiful campus, and and. Uh yeah and I you know I was also a part of the glee club there the, the Miami glee club and that was that was basically my fraternity because mm-hmm. I never really was into any of that um but that was those was you know we we toured Europe for 3 weeks or something with them and I, that was one of the most enriching experiences I've ever had too you know mm-hmm. smacked right right against the the theater department there um but you know I, I got I um I guess it was three years ago. They they asked me to go deliver the the commencement address to the um, College of Creative Arts, hmm. um, and so that was a great honor. You know, I, I I've tried to stay you know active with Miami. There's this group of kids that comes out every year called um, uh, something Hollywood.
1: Yep, and they, and there's been a couple guys that I've had on who. Either directed or worked for the NFL in LA, who I think have been part of that too. So it sounds like they've
0: got a good group. Yeah, I think it's called Outside Hollywood or okay. something like that. Inside Hollywood, and they come out and they they see you know a hundred people you know that are all just connections through Miami. But but me and um, Lindsay Hollister, who's another actress from Miami, we always sit down with the group and and talk to them for several hours at some point. And you know the the current dean and I stay in touch and and we try to go to the you know the the meet and greets and all that. It's just about trying to, you know, still have a presence there. Um, But uh, yeah, I have, I have lots of fond memories of, of Miami. I guess that's sort of a long winded answer to your question, but.
1: No, but that's what, when you ask that question to anyone that went to Miami, it's normally long winded because there's a lot of memories that pop in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, it is a crazy time. So you've got 20 plus years in LA and, and I, I think if I, did a name association game with my three kids of the 90 plus people I've had on the podcast from athletes to CEOs, to entrepreneurs and authors. If I said the word psychowits to my three kids, they would know who that is more so than the other 90 plus that I've been on here. So (laughs) (laughs) I, I imagine that there are plenty of alum that have kids, you know, between the ages of, let's call it four and 12 over the last decade, who have been yeah. glued to Victorious and Sam and Cat, and you've got dozens and dozens of credits, but I have to imagine that one is funny just because of your friends and their kids from an age standpoint.
0: Yeah, you know, I went to, we were home uh, in Ohio over the holidays, and my parents threw this party for, for frankly, just a bunch of my old old friends and and old my drama directors my choir teacher you know we got everybody together sort of from from the past and um and a lot of my old friends now from from high school have teenagers you know and by the end of the party they were all just sort of gathered around you know and telling me about tiktok and all this stuff and telling me about victorious and that their friends you know can't believe that they their mom knows psychowits or whatever. And so, you know, of course I was like, Well, well, we gotta do a TikTok then. We gotta prove oh, it. Great. So and these kids just lit up. It's it's very funny, and especially now because it's on Netflix. Right. So now a whole new group of young kids are starting it for the first time. I think it was the number six streamed show that's last year or something. Which is incredible because it's ten years old now. That's incredible. Um but yes, it's one of those parts that will um you know, it would probably be you know Brzezinski from Lost, yep, sure. and and this guy from from uh, Victorious. are probably the two things that that will haunt me until <laughs> until, until until I die. You know, until the next one. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm fine with that. It's very sweet.
1: And I know there was another uh, a Miamian who was my age at school. He was probably on those shows a couple of times. John Mahome. I don't know if you know John. He was he always uh, he always played the certainly on Sam and Cat like the the bus driver or the security guy at the TSA or somebody that would always uh, do something wrong. But he's another Miami guy that ended up on that show in some ways. But you've done you've done dozens and dozens of these from TV to feature film to Broadway commercials. Are they? Yeah. Are, are are they all jobs? Is are they different, or is it the different type of? I imagine Broadway is very different than TV, film, and commercial. But are are, are they all treated for you the same? A script that you uh, have to figure out the persona of a character, or, or are they different?
0: Well, I mean, you know, some of them, um, some of them, you have more of a love connection with. You know, some of them are more like. Um, stories you're dying to tell, you know, or or like a character you're just, you just you're you're so excited to slip into the shoes of mm. um and you try and make them all that, you know. But, you know, there are days when it's like um you know, especially when you're struggling where it's like you haven't you haven't done something in a while and something comes along and even if you don't like it, you try and make it work and so there are days you're earning your money more than others you know but to me it's just the the process you know like all the stuff i learned in miami i learned in acting school you know is like how, how you break down a script where are the beats what are the actions what are the objectives you know what do these people want um what's he hiding you know like everyone wears an armor around that's basically their personality but what's underneath all that you know it's all that sort of homework you can do on any script and and that is basically what I do. No matter what the part, I've always sort of looked at it as like, this guy is really the lead of the show. It's just no one knows it, and, and hmm. we got to do all that all that work on that guy, you know. And so, um, so if it's a day, or if it's a month, or if it's six months, you know, I end up doing about the same amount of work. And it's all just to, um, you know, always. I, I'm kind of a perfectionist. I, I set the bar high uh, every time, and I, I think that that's why. I've been really, you know, also lucky. I, you know, luck is when timing meets preparation, right? It's like it, you, you can't just blame luck. And you also can't say it's because you worked harder than anyone else. Cause there's a lot of people here that work their ass off and never get anywhere. Um, so there's some kismet that goes on and over time, a collection of parts and a collection of people who see you work and, and a collection of opinions that form that you're worthy of more work and people keep calling you, you know? And so, so it's been pretty tremendous, you know, like I I've stayed relatively busy. I've, you know, only you know, done this for a living for god, eighteen or twenty years now. And um to not have to have had any other form of employment feels extremely lucky and um you know, and then two years ago I did this Escape at Danamora show uh for showtime which was really transformative for me i gained 40 pounds i mean i replaced my teeth my hair I, mm. everything was replaced um and it was opposite patricia arcad and benicio del toro and paul dano and um and ben stiller directed it great cast yeah. and that got nominated for golden globes and emmys and i got a critics choice nomination and and Since then, it's been like, um, you know, level six of the career, which is like, oh, this is what it looks like when people have a newfound respect for you and you start getting offers instead of auditions. And, you know, so I've, I've sort of watched it just all steadily go up like a good stock. And I, I guess I, my only wish is to keep doing that, you know? Um, but I, I, I just kind of love the process. I like the imagination you have to involve to, to figure out who somebody is just from reading words. You know, you'll get initial reactions just from reading, um, someone's paragraph and, and you start to see, what their hair might look like if they have a beard if they have glasses if they you know all those things and, and before you know it one day you're in front of a camera and and you get home and you watch it on television you're like oh there's that person i made you know and and then you make another person so you know that's the fun of it is that there's it's just it's always changing
1: you how, know? D- how did you gain the 40 pounds
0: i just ate as many carbs <laughs> every day as i could possibly you know is that really I, it, st- it just
1: just ate as much as you could i mean just a big yeah carb it diet? was
0: really very unhealthy and and um yeah i got diagnosed with acid reflux my my blood pressure went through the roof you know i mean it was very bad for me but um but yeah i started off with like a, a pint of ice cream at night for 10 days before i went to bed and <laughs> You know, when when we got to this location that we were basically headquartered in, it was Malone, New York. It's like the middle of nowhere, upstate New York. All there was to eat was fast food. So I'd have a, a medium pizza pizza for lunch and uh, <laughs> hamburgers, fries. I mean, oh just, just the opposite of what everyone should do is what I was doing. For uh, for quite a while, you know, it took me like two and a half months to gain all the weight, and then the show lasted eight months. So it was a it was a long chunk of my life that that show. But it was uh, it, you know it paid off. But it was a little dangerous. Mm.
1: And I did go back and I, and I read because <clears throat> they've got your commencement from Miami up uh, somewhere online, and I I took a, re- a oh really yeah I took a look at it and you, you there's one part where you talk about Um, that you had a stroke when you were 29, and that every day is the day that everything could change. Right. So so I'm curious, not just about that, but in thinking about these kids at Miami who are maybe 17 or 18 and about to hit Oxford next fall, or the 21, 22-year-olds that are going to be out of college in three months. what, What are those tips or not advice, but when you look back at yourself that you're proud of the way you did things, um, that Mm -hmm. may give somebody a sense of how they could lead their life too.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a mixed bag a bit because I, I, I went knowing I was going to be, you know, a BFA acting major and, and I, my, you're so obsessed, at least I was with becoming you know, John Malkovich in four years and, and just taking the school by storm and, and crushing it, you know, that, that I also sometimes wonder, like, did I do college enough though? You know, did I do just life things enough, you know, instead of focusing so hardcore on, on developing this one career, you know, I certainly went to my share of parties and things like that. But and you had to do your general ed classes, some of which I I did better or worse at. But I guess you know, if I if I was to do college again, I think I'd I'd, I'd round it out a bit more. You know, it's it's such a it's such a fleeting time. God, it's over, but right as soon as it starts, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And they're all such formative years, you know, because after that everything gets serious relatively quickly, and realities and responsibilities and all that um, are are more pressing. So I, I don't know. I, I think I wish it felt like, you know, it's like you're 18 and everyone tells you, what what do you want to do with your life? You know, and very few people actually know. And so you go pick some major that might even not stick. And I just feel like I wish college were sort of uh, more a celebration of, of, you know, learning to learn and figuring out who you are and, and letting that process inform what it is you really want to do, and and unfortunately, in those four years, you're supposed to, you know, cram a degree down your throat and then go really try and do that job. And so, I don't know. I guess I would say there's a, probably a split somewhere of the relentless pursuit of perfection in your own field, and then at the same time, really leaving yourself some time to grow up and and um, you know and and unfold in front of your own eyes, you know.
1: What a fun conversation with Eric. I would have loved to have been in the audience when he delivered that commencement address for the students uh, at Miami. What travels, right? Lost victorious, dozens and dozens and dozens of shows in Broadway and ads and feature films. He continues to thrive and reinvent himself. And you can hear the passion in his voice about the craft that he does and figuring out who he was to get that confidence when he goes all the way back to choir and drama that he talks about in high school. Really appreciate Eric taking the time. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Beyond High Street and sharing it with friends and family. See you at Skippers real soon.